That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Broadcasting from the west coast of the Golden State, the nation's most straightforward recovery talk show, That Sober Guy podcast, helping to keep your brain sharp and your blood clean. And now, Shane Raymer. What's up? Welcome to another episode of That Sober Guy podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. We have Andrew Pierce, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, joining us today. We're going to talk about five steps to an anxiety-free 2016. There's really some great content in this episode. I'm really excited to share it with you. I learned quite a few things by talking to Andrew. Uh, Andrew's a transformational mentor, and he guides people in overcoming their frustrations and anxieties through the combination of improved mindsets, spiritual principles, and philosophies. So before we get to the interview, there's just a couple things I want to go over. First, a word from our sponsor. Sober Nation is the largest online recovery community and treatment resource center. They provide treatment resources to those struggling with addiction as well as to family members who were caught in the crossfire. On top of that, Sober Nation is a huge community of good people who share their experience with each other. They have informative content, recovery and addiction news, as well as an entire clothing line which helps expand the culture of recovery. They can be found at www.sobernation.com. Once again, that's sobernation.com. Check it out. First, I'd like to read an email from Ray, and Ray writes in and he says, I was wondering what are your thoughts on non-alcoholic beer while on the path of recovery. For example, drinking a Bex or an Odules. Ray, that's a great question. Um, I'm surprised as to the fact that I've actually, that's the first time I've had this question emailed to me at least. Um, and here's my take on it. I'm not going to say it, that it's, that it's, that it's good. I'm not going to say that it's bad. All I can really say is that I don't do it. Um, now, just recently during Christmas time, um, my papa, we went over there for family gathering for dinner. You know, the whole family was there. I'm really the only one in the family that doesn't drink. And super nice gesture of papa. He kind of brought me over to the side at one point and he said, hey, you know, I, I, I picked up some O'Doul's out in the fridge out there, non-alcoholic beer for you if you'd like one. And I, I, it was really nice of him to think of me and, um, you know, to know that I, he knows I doesn't, don't drink obviously. Um, and I, I thanked him for, it. I said, Hey, thank you, Chuck. That's so nice of you. I really appreciate it. I didn't end up having one of the beers. Um, you know, not, not because I, you know, was being rude or anything. Um, I just, I don't want to go there for me. Um, I figure if I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, even though there's a, you know, barely any, if any at all, in O'Doul's of alcohol, uh, that defeats the purpose to me anyways. Like, I don't drink for the taste. I drink to, to you know, get a feeling of, um, you know, being drunk or kind of leaving my mind for a minute, you know, letting loose, relaxing, getting that head change. O'Doul's isn't going to do that to me. So I don't need to do that. Now, I understand the fact of trying to fit in at a party, um, the social thing. Um, kind of having the bottle in your hand, having the, having the beer, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic, I understand that part of it. For me, I'll grab coffee, I'll grab ginger ale and throw a lime and a lemon in it and mix, you know, mix it up a little bit. It actually almost looks like a drink, um, but it doesn't taste like it. It doesn't really remind me of it. 
Um, you know, I, I'd personally just rather stick to coffee or water. That's just me. Uh, so Ray, great question. Um, thanks for reaching out and sending it over. And that is my take on the non-alcoholic drinking of Bex or Odules. If you have a question out there, please send it over sobriety at that sober uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear some feedback and, uh, read it on the show. Go to that sober Click on the live meetings tab, register for the next live Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time online meeting. These meetings are free. We get some great people from all around the world that join and uh, we conversate, we talk about recovery and uh, it's a, it's a great platform to communicate on, ask some questions, uh, share your story. Um, not an hour long story, by the way, you know, we want to keep it to a couple of minutes, share what's going on with you. Uh, what, what are you feeling that day? Do you have any questions? Do you have any comments, any concerns, anything like that? Really a great platform to do it on. That Sober Guy meeting, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Go to thatsoberguy.com and register there for free. If you'd like to donate to the show, all funds donated go back into the operation to help bring you the best recovery content. Also, make sure you check out soberpodcast.com. That's our network via the Sober Nation network. And you have Paul Churchill's Recovery Elevator podcast. You have the Share Podcast with Omar Pinto. You have Gabriel's podcast, WWA, Wrestling with Addiction. And of course, yours truly, That Sober Guy Podcast. All of us on there, different days that have episodes coming out so you can really set yourself up uh, to have some different recovery content throughout the week. Subscribe on iTunes and uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. This is five steps to an anxiety-free 2016, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Here's Andrew Pierce. All right, folks, welcome to the show. I'm talking with my buddy Andrew Pierce all the way from Melbourne, Australia today. Uh, Andrew's a transformational mentor, and uh, he guides people in overcoming their frustrations and anxieties through the combination of improved mindsets spiritual principles and philosophies so andrew what's up man thanks for joining that sober guy podcast hello shane thanks for having me on board man very happy to be here first why don't we uh why don't we jump into a little bit about your background tell us a little bit about yourself uh where you come from what you're into what are some things that andrew likes to do on a on a daily bro yeah working as a transformational mentor um 26 years old i got into this around two years ago now uh, actually working in the industry um, but I've always had an interest in personal development, personal growth, the mind, the way it works, and very much been interested, intrigued, and intrigued and excited by what you can do with your with your mind, what you can create with the for your life, and so on. Um, simply through expanding your self awareness. Uh, loved you know teachers uh, teachings of Buddhism and so on. Just different ways and perspectives of looking at and approaching life. Um, to, to be happier, to feel more comfortable within yourself without, uh, without having to think that you're, you're getting caught up in the rat race of needing a, a whole yeah. lot of money and a nice big house and a social status and so on, thinking that that's yeah. going to equal your happiness at the end of the day. Um, I really get excited by, you know, still, if you want to pursue that, go for it 100%. But, you know, the internal journey that you go on, the, the growth, learning about yourself and others, um, just to live live happily and very much be comfortable within yourself and, and achieve what you want to achieve and so on. Um, so that's really what got, 
what got me into this into this line of work. It's always been an interest and a passion for me. Um, and it's just a great great to be in it now and be able to give back to others. Definitely, man. I like what you said about that self examination kinda. And obviously this is a this is really a recovery based um podcast, that sober guy podcast. And one of the things that intrigued me about the email that you sent to me was um you know, kind of the content of this episode is going to be five steps to an anxiety-free 2016. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety. They suffer from depression. Um, a lot of our listeners on the show suffer from uh, suffer from addiction and alcoholism. And one of the things with alcoholism um, and addiction, there's a lot of anxiety involved in, in dealing with these types of issues that many of us deal with. Uh, I know for myself – um, anxiety was a big issue and it was the reason, uh, that a lot of the times I would drink is to loosen up, is to feel comfortable. And it sounds like, um, some of this work that you do is kind of diving into that and really taking some self-examination and figuring out who we are. And that's a big part of the recovery programs as well. Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Celebrate Recovery, another great one, um, is really following a program in order to dig deep down within and to kind of peel back those layers and getting to know ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what, what are some of the, what are some of the ideas you have real quick before we get into this five steps, uh, to an anxiety free 2016? Okay. So just to kind of extend on what you've said, I agree a hundred percent. It is looking within and and developing that self-awareness and taking ownership and responsibility for yourself rather than, you know, temporarily fixing your uh, problem with something external, being it, be it alcohol or marijuana, whatever it might be. It is all about, yeah. you know, taking 100% responsibility. And when you do that, that's when you can really create the life that you want. Um, and what we're going to be looking at today in a couple of steps is it's, it's not going to be your, your little tips and tricks of anxiety and, and how to handle anxiety in the moment when it's happening. Everything that I'll be talking about within the steps is completely aligned with what we've said so far of becoming the person who doesn't experience anxiety. Um, you know, it's all, it's all mindset, approach, the way you uh, go about things. And within the steps, we've got five here today. First one's getting it wrong. I mean, you call out your fears, letting go of judgment, um, uncertainty and vulnerability, and then, you know, trusting yourself and backing yourself. This is all about who you're being because at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about, and that's what matters. It's it's who you're being, um, who you're growing into, who you're becoming, and and it's someone who can handle life. There's always going to be challenges, setbacks, speed humps, and and, and fear, and so on. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's who you're becoming. Life doesn't get easier. You just get to you get stronger and handle it better, and so on. So that's what we'll be taking a look at in the steps today. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like. Um... Uh, so, someone had mentioned to me last night, I was at celebrate recovery meeting that I go to on Monday nights. And, um, I think it, I think it was, uh, was, was a guy named Pedro that I actually just met R- really nice guy. I think he's got 10 months of sobriety and he, he's really been able to, uh, to start on a path to, uh, um, you know, to, to getting clean, getting sober and starting to change his life. And one of the things he said last night was, man, I thought like when I got sober, that all my problems were just going to disappear and everything was going to be great. And then, you know, when you realize that that's not really the case, um, it actually takes a lot of self work, you know, to, to really dig into that. 
um, the alcohol, the drugs, the depression, the anxiety, whatever it may be, is really just a symptom of us not not really reflecting on on reality uh, for who we are and what situation we're in. Yeah. Um. So, well, let let's just jump in, man, to these five steps. Then let's start out with uh, with getting it wrong. I think is the first one you wanted to start with. Do you want to uh, you want to start there? Getting it wrong. This is a huge thing for a lot of people that stirs up a lot of anxiety and and holds them back from doing something or even when when they're in it, they're so caught up about do, doing it wrong that then they're, they're not present uh, and that affects someone's ability or performance. Um, and with, with getting it wrong or making a mistake, there's a lot of avoidance that goes on because you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to get it wrong. We grow up in a, a, a you know, in Australia, a Western culture yeah. where it's, it's all about, you know, it's kind of like get it right, succeed, uh, you know, mistakes whether or not you realize it or not you kind of make this unconscious meaning around mistakes that it's it's the wrong thing to do you don't want to make mistakes or you don't want to fail um because then that is a reflection back on who you are and and i used to you know social anxiety and general anxiety and so on and i didn't want to make mistakes so there's a lot of things i didn't attempt uh, and it results in living and limiting life um and because the meaning that i had around mistakes was that if I were to make a mistake, it meant that I was incapable or inadequate. Um, yeah. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a part of either of those two things. So sometimes things, big or small, whatever it might be, I was just missing out on opportunities and experiences. Um, and you know, you have the anxiety, and then that being the initial problem can lead to then you know frustration in life, boredom in life, depression because. You just are where you're at and, and not moving forward and just getting stagnant. So getting it wrong really holds a lot of people back. And the thing is that what you can really do around this step is take a look at what you make it mean when you get it wrong, when you make a mistake. Because the cool thing here is that nothing has meaning except for the meaning that we give it. And huh. a lot of time we give things meaning unconsciously, it's learnt from our environment, from parents and so on. Um, and, and it, you know, meanings around things, it's like, I don't want to do that because that means I'm this person. But the cool thing is that you've made it mean that anyway, so you can change that meaning. And as I said, my initial meaning was I was in, uh, incapable or inadequate uh, and, you know, I would feel like I wasn't good enough, so I didn't want to make that mistake. Um, yeah. Whereas now what I make a mistake mean is that it's an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, there's, there's the beautiful thing, like with what I was saying in the intro before, is with your mindset is that you, you are actually choosing to view things in a particular way, even if you haven't consciously gone, I'm going to choose the negative here. But you actually are choosing to look at things in a particular way, take a particular perspective. So you can just – you can change that perspective. And Got it. it's all very um, – all like philosophies and so on are, are simple and sometimes that's what people come up against. They argue, oh, you know, the simplicity because well, if it's so simple, why wouldn't I do it? But I'll acknowledge that things – it does take work and it does take effort. But t- changing that perspective and looking at the positive is something you can always do. So with getting it wrong, there's always a learning. Um, Thomas Edison, he, he quote of his, I didn't fail. I just learned a thousand ways not to do something. Uh, yeah, I love that quote. That's a great quote. Yeah, it's so good because 
you know, each time you're just learning more and more. And there's, um, there's a success principle that is there's no such thing as failure, only feedback or results. And it means you go in, you do something, you don't get the result that you want, but you're one step closer to getting it and you're learning how to do it more so. So getting comfortable with getting it wrong um, is a big game changer and certainly was for me. And what I really enjoyed about it and still do is it's, it's an opportunity to learn and grow. And it's also an opportunity for me to practice self-love and to give myself a break and just to feel, yeah. to feel human again and be like, I made a mistake. We all do. Um, and have a bit of a laugh about it rather than that, that inner monologue that we have sometimes. Yeah, I, I I know for me, man, like for for many many years, even I mean, I can remember remember back being a kid, and making a, a small mistake or or not doing something right or not knowing how to do something too, and just being, I mean, like my own worst enemy. Yeah, and just you beat yourself up over it, and a, a lot of us in recovery too have, have kind of a, a checkered past, I guess, um, and and tend to hold on to those mistakes that we've made. Um, you know, once we're able to let go of that and understand exactly kind of what you're saying, it's okay to make mistakes. And as long as we're learning from them and we're growing from them, um, you know, that that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. And you just said in there, like, it's okay to make mistakes. And to expand on that a bit more and, and really a message that I love pushing is that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be loud. It's okay to be silly it's okay to be different like everything that we experience as humans and everything that we are it's okay um yeah but a lot of times we're shying away from it because we think it's not okay um we're going to touch on vulnerability later and there's a huge kind of social meaning around vulnerability that it's it equals weakness and so on um yeah and it's, yeah. it's not okay to be you know, scared of stuff at times. Whereas, you know, the huge message is, man, that's it's okay, and becoming comfortable with that um, makes a huge difference in in not getting that anxiety really ramping up. I'm I'm looking at number two right now, calling out your fears, yeah. and and that's a, and that's an interesting one um, to me. And I'm I'm just I'm curious. I'm ready to hear what what you have to say on on that one. Yeah, cool, man. It's speaking to me. <laughs> so call out your fears and. What this is all about is, is being honest with yourself because when the truth is heard, the truth is known. And it takes a lot more energy to hide those fears, to wear the mask, to keep up a lie, to, to distance yourself from a fear or whatever it might be, than it does to actually be honest with yourself and allow that and just you know, have that fear there. It's, it's honestly like a weight off your shoulders. And a lot of times there can be things that we're fearful of and there's a level of awareness, um, but we're really not, we're not acknowledging it and it's still running. And, and if we never acknowledge it and learn the lesson from it, it's, it's always going to go. So for someone who does run from their issues through alcohol or drugs and so on, if we don't learn from that suffering, then, then suffering is going to continue until the lesson is learnt. Yeah, so. Yeah. Calling out your fears is about bringing your awareness to it. And this word self-awareness is massive. Um, if you go through life without little, little awareness, you, technically you are making choices based on what you know and your experiences through life and so on. However, they're, they're unconscious choices. So in a way, 
there's not much choice in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, d- totally. Cool. So when you expand your self-awareness, then you can make a conscious choice. You have better understanding on what I'm actually fearful of here, what I'm trying to avoid, uh, what I'm really not wanting to do, and so on. And then when you've got that awareness, you can make a conscious choice. So this is where calling out your fears comes into it. It's, it's looking at a situation, if it be social, and thinking, what am I fearful of? I'm fearful of going to that social event. Well, that's, that's very surface level at the top. You know, It's like, well, what is it within the social event that I'm fearful of? Interacting with people, um, you know, someone having a go at me, or is it, is it kind of like feeling stupid, or I just don't feel like I belong, or I don't feel like I'm, I'm worth it enough to be there with those people. And it's, it's getting clear and more, more clarity, more awareness on what the actual fears are and, and calling them out because it's like, it's like shining a light on them so that it, it weakens and it really loosens up that hold that fear has on us so strongly at times. Um, and it does have a strong hold when it's in the dark. But if you, lose, if you shine the light on it and be like, and, and stop putting that energy in to run from it, You've now yeah. you're freeing up that energy, and you, you can start putting it behind facing those fears, and then start moving forward through them. And um, there's a quote that I love. I don't know if I remember it properly. It's it's like better face the short term pain of the truth than the long term pain of an illusion. Um, huh. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's a good one because it's yeah, it is. It's like look, if you if you're gonna ignore the fear, then be prepared to put up with the dull pain. Um, for however long, but if you just want to step up, face that fear, and and have that honesty with yourself and call it out, then, then there will be a short-term pain. But then, when with that awareness and that stepping up into it, you're now in a position to consciously let it go and move forward. Um, so it's at the end of the day, it is your choice, and that excites me as well. We we have the choice. I don't need to wait. Uh, to get a partner or to get a promotion or to get this and that. I don't need to wait for that to grow. I can start to take responsibility now and choose to grow. And, and in every moment we can do this. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. very exciting to me. Well, I mean, I mean how, how many of us, you know, don't live out our dreams um, and maybe it's not even our dreams. Maybe it's just something simple that we'd like to do uh, that, that we don't ever do because of fear, yeah. you know, fear holds so many people back that are so talented and have so much to offer. Um, you know, and that, that fear gets in the way, uh, since you were throwing a quote out there too, I heard a great one and I heard this in church on Saturday night and it was great. It said, uh, what they were asking what courage was. And, uh, and, and one of them was courage is being scared to death and still saddling up and riding on. And that was by John Wayne. What a better quote than that man. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, cur- cur- courage and fear kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. The, the fear thing, just being in that social environment too, like you were, you were kind of getting at, um, you know, that's, that's why many of us drink to loosen up, yes. you know, to, to, to get out of our own self, to get out of that reality. We get a lot of people call it the liquor courage. I can talk to any female. I could talk to any person. I could sing. I could do whatever I want. I could be an asshole. I could be a nice guy. I mean, it just depends on the night, I guess. Um, but man, yeah, su- such a, a lot of great points there, man. A lot of great points. Yeah. Awesome, man. And, um, 
on that John Wayne quote as well, it's like it's feeling that fear and saddling up anyway because the thing with courage is um, it's not just going to show up. If you sit around waiting for it, it's not just going to show up. You need to step up and then there's, that's yeah. the display of courage right there. Let's uh so let's roll on to number three, Andrew. Uh, and and this next one is letting go of judgment. Yeah. So in that social situation, judgment, uh, fear of you know being negatively judged by others causes a lot of anxiety. Like that's you know I had the social anxiety, and that's what it was. Um, you know, mm-hmm. always thinking, what are other people thinking of me? What am I looking like right now? Um, just touching back on getting it wrong and making the mistakes, it wasn't the mistake itself that that got me anxious. It was how I thought I'd be perceived for making that mistake. So that uh, you know, the judgment was coming in yeah. there as well. Like you'll you'll find that all these steps kind of tying together as as human nature, like as it does. Um, but it wasn't the mistake itself. It was how I thought I'd be perceived, how I thought I'd be judged. And when you when you're really fearful of judgment. It's, it's coming from a lack of love within yourself because it's kind of like believing what they're saying or really taking on, on board what's being said about and thinking that it is about you and making it mean that I am not good enough or you know I am inadequate or I am incapable. So judgment comes in a lot of the time and even if you, know, you get a lot of people and they'll quite proudly say, oh, I don't care what other people think, it's still... It, it, it seeps in there, judgment, and it does certainly play its part. Because if you get, you know, I get going with plenty of my clients that I've spoken to, um, and we, we get down to it, get down to the detail and the core of what's going on, and a lot of times it's like, well, I'm, I'm worried what people might think if I was to go and do that, or if I was in a social situation, if I was to just be me, um, I'm worried what people might think. Yeah, yeah. So it certainly plays a big part, and it's... It's not, it's not the, like the doing of something that's the issue ever. It's the, the potential or the perceived consequences or outcomes. So kind of we're getting it wrong again. It's not I, I'm, I'm worried about doing this thing. It's I'm worried what might happen as a result or how I might be judged as a result. And this can play in with social anxiety, of course, um, performance anxiety. You know, How will I be judged for my performance? Um, so this really comes into it quite a bit. And yeah. there's a real cool principle that I want to share around this is that nothing is external and everything is internal. So what that means is if someone's going to come along and be a bit of a dick to me, it actually has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. Make sense? Absolutely. And if I'm if I'm going to take that personal and let that define me, what is that going to do to me? Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and once again, with that, nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. When we're just running unconsciously, someone be a dick to us or you know, be rude or whatever, we might make that mean that it's our fault or that we're not good enough when we take things on board. Whereas remembering the couple of principles and, and just remembering them and applying them at, in life makes a huge difference. Now, if someone be a dick to me, like there's still times that I take things personally. We're all human beings at the end of the day. But it's just nice to have this reminder to know that this actually has nothing to do with me and everything to do with that person. So someone might yeah. shoot you down because they're, in fact, jealous of you and where you're at. Um, yeah. When people are putting other people down, it's because 
that it makes them feel superior. It's just a way if I put them down, I'm above them. If I huh. make that wrong, I'm right. And all of this is coming from the ego. Um, the ego loves right and wrong and being right. It's got, you know, it identifies with being right. And if it, if it takes to making someone else wrong or making someone else inferior, then that's what it's going to do um, to get its own just, sense of worth. You just reminded me of that old, that old saying, the loudest guy in the room is probably the weakest. Yes. You know, that's, I, I think that, I think that's a good, a good example, um, you know, of that, of that dick who's got to degrade other people to make himself feel better. Yes. Spot on, man. And the most confident person in the room isn't the loud one bouncing around, you know, telling the jokes and so on. You, you look yeah. around the room, you see, you see someone who's just standing in their own personal space, in their power, and they, they've just got this certainty of themselves, yet they're treating everyone else like an equal. That is the most confident person in the room. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And it's, 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 these, it's these kind of social norms and paradigms and beliefs and stuff that cause so many of the problems in life that we experience. And something like this is what is it really you know draws me and inspires me to do the work that I'm doing because we get caught up thinking this is how we've got to do it, this is how life has to be, and this equals that and that equals that. Whereas, you know, if you let go of them, you're you're now in the, the space of freedom to create your own, which I think is one of the best things about life is that you can do it your own way. It does take courage, it takes balls, um, but it's so worth doing. You know, there's. There is a path that has been set out by society in many different ways, but we can actually go and create our own path. Um, and it's a huge thing of that is letting go of judgment. So one, there's, a, there's obviously a lot more to it, but we can't get into it today. But one, one cool principle, as I've just shared before, is each time someone bees a dick to you, whatever it might be, or rejects you, something like that, it's, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them and how they, how they feel about themselves. Um, how someone treats someone else isn't a reflection of that person. It's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. And just keeping these in mind really helped me out um, to not make it mean that I, I'm not good enough or that, that I uh, yeah. have to put myself down and so on. So letting go of judgment of the end result, um, it, it just makes it easier because you can, you can go into something and be there 100%. Because if you're thinking what other people are going to be thinking, you may be doing 50% and you're not performing at your best. If you let, yeah, if you let yeah. go of it, you free up that space to be present, um, and that's when you'll do your best work, whatever it might be, if it's simply being present for another or if it is working within your career and so on. Man, dude, this is, this is awesome info, bro. I'm really enjoying this conversation with you, man. This is good stuff right here. Um, and the, the judgment one, I mean, God, that's so huge. Like I, I, perform you know many times i play guitar um i you know that that kind of stuff obviously i have a podcast and stuff too so i talk but um it it is when you when you let those things get in in the way of your actual talent your art oh my god what are they thinking what is this person going to say um what is that person telling that person over there whatever it is um it's such a it really just prohibits you from really giving back that true talent that one person might have. So yeah. I love the fact that you point out um, if we start keeping these things in the conscious part of our brain and we can kind of use them as triggers, like when we get in that situation, okay, wait a minute. Um, you know, 
this isn't my problem. That's this guy's problem and I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Try to not take it personal. Before we move on to the next, I'll just, I'll just give one more thing around the letting go sure. of judgment. <clears throat> one step to do it is, is be answerable to yourself. So if you're going to go up and perform the guitar and, and you go, look, I'm going out there and I'm just going to do the best job that I can uh, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself and have fun and you go mm-hmm. up there and you tick off those boxes, it's like I- I'm done. Like I've been answerable to myself. I've been true to myself, which is huge by the way. So yeah. what anyone else is going to say is irrelevant. It, it actually doesn't matter. Um, you know, You know your intention. My intention is to go and serve. If you do something and someone perceives your behavior as being selfish or arrogant or whatever it might be, that's them limiting themselves. That's their problem. That's their perception. Mm. If you know your intention, you're like, my intention is true and pure and I'm going to help this person out. Someone might think I'm doing it to, to look like a good Samaritan, whatever. That's up to them. But I'm, yeah. I'm being answered to myself. This is my intention. And when you can get into that and be strong with that and be like, this is what I'm doing, it's like that the judgment kind of just fluffs away. And it's like people are going to think what they're going to think regardless of what you do. So just know your intention, be answerable to yourself, um, and just go doing your thing, really. It's it's so empowering, man. Just just picturing that that feeling of complete freedom. Yeah. Like you were saying, like it's so empowering to be able to a hundred percent be able to do that. Um, let's let's roll on to number four, man. Uncertainty and vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yes. So uncertainty, like. That stirs up so much anxiety because it's, it's, you know, anxiety comes when there's an uncertain outcome that we don't know what it is or what's going to happen. And that's what we're so anxious about because it's like any, any, I just don't know. You know, we, we, we love, we're in a culture where, especially in Australia, it's like we love to know. It's like sometimes we want to know the experience before we've had the experience, but that would just be so boring. But um, yeah. it's this it's this uncertainty <laughs> of like, what's going to happen next? I don't feel prepared, and it's it's in that uncertainty. Like I could, you know, going back to getting it wrong. I could get this wrong here. Yeah. You yeah. know. Whereas if I'm prepared, if I know what's going to happen, I've got a better chance of not getting it wrong. But something's uncertain, whether it be in a relationship, um, whether it be traveling around the world, whether it be in work. Um, anything it's it's not knowing it's that not knowing that really gets to us and and in the next one talking about trusting yourself and backing yourself this will really tie in a lot but it's something's uncertain you can get quite anxious about it because it's just you don't know and as i was saying before like you're not prepared for it this is with worrying this is all i've found that worrying does for us worrying us you know causes a lot of anxiety and stress and so on and when you worry you know you overthink you analyze 50 different situations, 50 ways a conversation could go, how we, what they might say, what you might say, and so on. And all of this incessant thinking, this identification with the mind and getting caught up with it, all it does for you is gives you a feeling of being somewhat prepared hmm. because you've just ran through a million different things and you're like, I feel, I feel kind of prepared for this. That's what certainly how, um, you know, when I was had social anxiety – I'd go through how a conversation could go many different ways so that, yeah. so that I didn't even make a mistake in the conversation, you know? So wow. I said the right thing in a conversation and that was my way of feeling prepared. But when I'm running through my head and living in my head that way 
um, that was ang- that was anxiety for sure. That's where it all that's where a lot it was all coming from because anxious people live in their heads, not in their heart. Because in the head is the worry, it's the overthinking, and it's like there's also a, a perceived level of control as well um, that's going on. And this is this is the, our best way uh, when when you're running the anxiety and so on of trying to handle that uncertainty. It's by you know flat out overthinking, overanalyzing, and that's a, it's a um, it's an unsustainable way of trying to handle anxiety. And, and in life, you got two ways of going about things. It's either sustainable or it's or it's unsustainable. It's resourceful and sustainable, or it's unresourceful and and unsustainable. And that's what worrying does for you. And that's how we try to embrace that uncertainty that we experience, um, you know, in life, man. Life is uncertain. So it's, it's yeah. there all the time. It, it definitely is. And uh, just like you were saying, the uncertainty, even though rolling through the conversation a hundred times in your head on which direction it may go, there's no certain way that it's going to – there's no certain, um, you know, path that that conversation might go still no matter how many times you do it over and over and over in your head. And I, I love that quote that you just said, man, anxious people live in their head, not in their heart. Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's, that's great, man. And it's so true. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's just where they are because of, um, not trusting, which is what we're going to get into. And, <clears throat> you know, as you've said, you, there, you can't control that path of that conversation. Yet you've just yeah you've you know sat there for an hour before it putting yourself through hell trying to control something that you can't and yeah you know the con- internal control this is what all these steps and and everything in personal development is coming back to is that internal control because if you're trying to control things externally of you you, you just can't do it you can influence them um, and and the best that you can but. You can't control them, and if you do try to, you're going to get stress, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, and, and so and on. That's a that's a huge um, that's a huge piece of recovery too for for many of us that are in recovery um, is you know to understand the fact that we can't control outer circumstances. We can only control the way that we react to those circumstances, and, and until until somebody you know, kind of understands that. Let let me speak for myself until I understood that, um, you know, God, my, my life was, was really miserable at times because I was trying to control, you know, people, places and things when I have absolutely no control over that kind of stuff. I only can control internally on what I, um, you know, perceive back or give back or react back. Yes. You know, absolutely. And that's when you are in your personal power. And it's also been letting go of the control is letting go of your attachment to outcomes, um, which is bringing in that Buddhist Buddhism around there. You know, Buddha, the Buddha said that uh, attachment is the root of all suffering. And if you are attached to an outcome, then that's why you're going to try and control it so much. But if you're yeah. non-attached to it and non-attached or being surrendered means it's cool either way, then you can just be present in that moment uh, and be relaxed and be comfortable within yourself, within who you are and so on, because it's like, look, if that happens, sweet. If it doesn't, that's fine either way. I can try and influence it here, but I'm not getting caught up in the outcome, so I'm not going to cause myself any suffering or angst right here, right now. Um, so I think that's really cool as well. 
Let's hit number five on the five steps to an anxiety-free 2016, and that is trusting and backing yourself. That's it. So the way that you, rather than with the worrying and the trying to feel prepared, the way that you embrace uncertainty is with the certainty of yourself. Um, the way you embrace vulnerability is with trust and love. And also uncertainty with trust. What really resonates most with me um, is trust. Just the word is more, it's a more of a, it's in the flow. It's a calm, relaxed type of word. That's the energy it kind of has for me. Um, and if something is uncertain, it's, it's, embrace, it's trusting that I can handle it, that I can do it. Like the big question with fear is can I handle it? So as I said before, we're getting it wrong. It's not the actual doing that's the issue. It's the perceived consequences and outcomes. And the question is, can I handle those outcomes? If the answer is yes, and that's a great question to ask yourself, by the way. If you're looking at a situation that you're a bit fearful of and it's scaring you, think about what the actual outcome is that you're, uh, you're fearful of and then ask yourself, can I handle that? And if the answer is yes, stop thinking, start taking action. You know, hmm. as John Wayne says, saddle up and you know, keep going. That's because uh, yeah. that's the courage turning yeah. up. But um, this trust in yourself. Now, the, a big, like on the deepest level of, of human behavior and, and what's in the unconscious is a lack of self-trust. That is a huge thing with anxiety. Always, It will always come up with my clients I'm working with, even ones who aren't struggling with anxiety. Um, it's a lack of self-trust. And I'll, I'll give you an example in the social context. So with my social anxiety and the reason that I would analyze and go down 50 different avenues of where a conversation could go, it was because I, I felt like I needed to and wanted to be prepared because I didn't trust myself in the moment to be good enough and to not make a mistake and to respond, just to respond in a way that was I'd like to or because I had these expectations of being so perfect all the time. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't trust that me being me coming from my heart was going to be good enough. So that's why I lived in my head because I had that level of control. Um, I analyzed everything and, and felt, thought I felt prepared. Um, I, I just thought of this like I'm picturing you in this conversation and I just want to get your, your take on this. Yeah. Um, so so you, you're doing the conversation, right? And you're, and you're thinking um, kind of like you're referring to of – you've already kind of laid out what you're going to say. Um, you know, you kind of have that roadmap, I guess yeah. that you've already kind of laid out before. So when you're doing that conversation now, um, are you really, you're really getting taken away from your heart of the conversation, your passion behind the conversation, right? Because you're, um, you're, you're really just critically thinking only through your mind and you're not actually enjoying the conversation. Does that make sense? That is a hundred percent on the point, man. Because you're, you're try, I was trying to get it right. Was, got it, got it, okay. I was avoiding those mistakes. Um, you know, and I've written an article that says avoiding mistakes was the biggest mistake. And that's what I was doing so much was, you know, if it was actually doing something or in a conversation, I was avoiding the mistakes. So I was in my head, yeah, I wasn't being present in my heart. What I wanted to just be was just to be autopilot, to get out of my head, to feel more, and to just trust that everything would be okay. So the lack of self-trust was that I just didn't think that me being me was going to be good enough. I didn't trust that I wouldn't say something stupid or I wouldn't embarrass myself or I wouldn't say something silly. Um, so I was living in my head. 
And and that that would go back to getting it wrong, right? Absolutely. Like to the first step because you're you're afraid that you might get it wrong or you might say something stupid or you might um not, you know, you might not know what you're talking about maybe. God, that's so crazy, man. That's just it it, it does. You said that in the beginning. This is all going to kind of come full circle and it really does make sense. Yeah. Exactly. It all it all ties in together. Human behavior is nature and nature is like uh you know those Russian babushka dolls? Yeah. You just there's just one yeah. you open one up and you find some other stuff and it's all it's yeah. all tied in together. So um trusting yourself, starting to trust yourself and the universe is is huge. And and what I'll go into that with is like when you trust that everything will be okay or you trust that this mistake is taking me where I actually need to go, I'm learning from it and that'll be fine and trust that the end outcome and that you're on your right path and so on and trusting yourself, then if you have that trust, there's nothing to worry about. And within that space, you can choose to feel however you want. You can feel strong. You can feel excited. You can feel comfortable. You can feel calm. You can feel at peace. You can feel confident because you're just here in this space in the now. Um, you're not worrying about that uncertain outcome, what it might mean, what potentially might go wrong or what might happen. You're trusting that even if something does go wrong, even if a mistake is made or I am rejected by this job or this girl or whatever, I trust that that rejection is leading me to what's more true to me anyway and what's what's right for me anyways. And this is, hmm. this is the trust within yourself and the trust within your universe. And then Trust in the universe is trusting yourself and trusting yourself is trusting the universe because it's all one in the same. It's all connected. And the trusting that I'm talking about is, is very much your intuition as well, that gut feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that gut feeling is the universe and it is you. So it's, it's, it's having that trust, it just puts things at ease and it allows you a lot. For me, it certainly it's helped so much to be more present because I can't control these outcomes anyway. Um, and I yeah. trust that if I'm rejected from that girl, then she's not for, meant for me and, and whatever. Um, and, you know, the same thing, I get back to that principle. It actually has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her and what she's attracted to. And within this, having this trust and within that space of trust, it's, yeah, there's freedom, there's peace, there's calm, there's confidence, there is strength, there's courage. Um, and self-trust is an absolute game changer. And the biggest thing when dealing with, with social anxiety, uh, with anxiety, it's, it's that lack of trust. It's living in the head is fear and doubt and living in your heart is love and trust. And just, hmm. yeah, just these distinctions at times when I first heard them, you know, blew my mind. They make so much sense. And when, <laughs> yeah. when I, I had in the anxiety, they resonated so much. And, um, yeah, so that's why with the intro before it was, assisting clients to move to to move to the heart um and that's trusting your intuition that's the very much the philosophical and spiritual principles and then improved mindsets you know the mind is still a tool that you can successfully use to achieve what you want in this life um so it's the combination of those the philosophies and the the principles and the spiritual so on is very much my way of approaching life and then the mindsets that I have is uh, like using the mind as a tool to, su to successfully achieve your goals and your ambitions in life. Um, and moving to that place of self-trust and backing yourself is, uh, is a very strong internal personal power yeah. kind of place yeah. to come from. 
Yeah, man, dude, that that's awesome, bro. Thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, your, your knowledge and, and these five tips. Um, I, one thing I'm excited about too, um, not only for the listeners now, uh, for myself, I want to download the, the ebook as well. Andrew, Andrew is offering, um, a free ebook, um, for, for anyone out there listening who would like to download it to get a little bit more information about this. Um, and so if you want to, do you want to tell us where we can find that at Andrew? Yeah, cool. So, um, the free ebook will be on my website, which is, uh, www.apcoaching.com.au. And the, the ebook goes through steps of, uh, you are not your mind. The body's response to fear. The big question with fear, which we covered, which was, can I handle it? Um, there's living in the head and moving to the heart, which we've just covered. More on letting go of judgment. And then surrender is the final one. And same as the conversation has been today, it's not little tips and hints or little steps and quick little easy fixes. It's all about who you're being and how you're approaching yourself and life um, to grow, to grow into the person who doesn't experience anxiety, not to just get a quick fix from it. <clears throat> it's all about who you're becoming. There, there is one in there, the body's response to fear, which is about breathing and the tightening of the muscles. But it's uh, the whole idea behind the ebook is to expand that awareness. And, and if you're someone who just wants to read the ebook to gain some more information and hope for that quick fix, well, I'll tell you right now, it's not for you. It's 30 days to an anxiety-free 2016. And <clears throat> with, there's, there's six, six things in the ebook. And it's, you know, you can read the whole thing at once if you want, or you can go one through to six. And each time, just give each thing five days where you just primarily focus on that, bring your awareness to that and practice that. So you're not overwhelming yourself trying to do all six at once. Um, six things, five days each of practicing that uh, and, and, employ, and employing that knowledge and bringing your awareness to what that subject or what that topic spoke about. Um, and yeah, combining that with what we spoke about today is going to, is definitely going to get you on your way to a, to a anxiety free 2016. Yeah, that, that's, uh, folks, it's the ebook is titled just one more time. I want to, uh, I want to say it one more time here. It's 30 days to an anxiety free 2016. And, uh, Andrew, tell us one more time where we could find that and then where, uh, anyone could contact you if they had any questions or, or wanted to get in touch with you. Yep. So it will be at my website, www.apcoaching.com.au. And on my website is all my details. You can contact me through. Um, got a Facebook group, Anxiety Free Living. If you want to become a part of that, I'm dropping some things in seven days a week for you all. Um, and yeah, all contact details on the website. On the website, you can sign up for a, a complimentary uh, consultation, like free coaching session which will, you know, within that one hour, there's a whole lot of change that goes on moving you from your head to your heart. Um, and yeah, everything's all on my website that you can get to. Andrew, thank you so much, man, for joining the show today. And uh, I appreciate your time, your knowledge, everything, brother. That's good stuff, man. All the way from Melbourne, Australia. Love technology. That's it, man. <laughs> Thanks, Heath, for having us yeah. on the podcast, man. I've, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on board. This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. Contact Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Peace, love, respect. Respect.
keep your blood clean.